Good morning, Crestview Baptist Church. Oh, man, that was weak. I said, good morning, Crestview Baptist Church. All right, I like it. Welcome, welcome to Crestview Baptist Church this morning. Thank you for choosing to come out with, and worship with us on this wonderful Sunday that's also a Father's Day. That it is the day of the year. You know, Mother's Day, we come up here and we always talk about how soft and how great mothers are. And then Father's Day comes around and the preacher gets up there and screams at us about how we all fall short and need to do better. Right? That's Father's Day. That's Father's Day in a nutshell right there. But I am glad. Happy Father's Day to all you fathers. I'm glad to have you here with us. If you are a guest with us, we would love to get to know you a little better. There are some cards you can drop in the offering plate when they come by just so we can get some little more information about you. Just, um, just a few announcements before we get started. Um, Wednesday night, youth and kids... If you're coming Wednesday night, I know I've got some people going out of town. Bring a towel and a change of clothes. We're going to do something. We're going we're gonna to have a little lesson. We're going to do something fun, get a little wet. Uh, we're going to bring in summer, right? Uh, it's been a busy couple of weeks. Do what? Oh, she'll be in Bible study. Jackie said she's not coming out if we're doing all that. She's going to Bible study. Uh, uh, that, that is at uh, 6.30 at 5 o'clock Wednesday night. If you can come, I want to have a Bible school meeting in the youth building. If you can come out, that would be great. If not, send me a message. Let me know you'd like to help. I'm going to have a list of things and stations we need people. Um, we're going to talk about decorations. I'm fixing to get all this cardboard out, start cutting it out and getting it put up. We are a little more than 30 days away from Bible school Signs are going to go up within a week or so, and uh, I'm excited about that. Bible school is uh, July 23rd, uh, but Wednesday, if you can come out at 5 o'clock, uh, I'm going to bring some pizzas for you guys if you come out, and just we're going to talk about Bible school and what we can do to bring in and, and bring some people from our community in. Um, I will, I'm going to talk about it a little bit more in a little bit, but... Uh, we did. We went to Shelby Mission Camp this week, and stayed there for three nights, three or four, three nights. And living in Shelby, you don't, you do not realize how great the need is for Christ in our community. Because you go, you're out there every day, and I guess you just grow numb to it. But when you see it from the outside looking in. The, the, great, the need is great. So we're going to see what we can do to bring some people from, our community, from the communities in and just really have a, have a really huge Bible school. Uh, don't forget, uh, moving on past that, next week is deacons meeting and business meeting and also our picnic at the creek. Uh, so don't forget about those things. Um, after church today, if you would like eggs, there are like nine dozen eggs in the kitchen. If you want to leave a donation for them, Great. Larry said, if you don't, take some eggs. That's great, too. Because if we don't get gone this week, they're going to be thrown away. Uh, they're going to have to be thrown away. So, uh, eggs, fellowship hall. Did I say building? I still said building, didn't I? I don't know. Um, no breakfast July 1st uh, because of the 4th of July. Uh, so, keep that in mind. If you've got that on your calendar, just mark that off, and we'll pick back up in August. I don't think, um, I'm assuming... Where's Larry at? Larry, are we working Tuesday night? Working Tuesday night, if you can be here. Uh, working on some projects around the church. Uh, come out for that. Uh, do what? And uh, if you have not let me know, Kids Camp is coming up in less than 30 days. If you, if you have not let me know and you want to get a kid signed up for that, let me know and I'll see what we can do. Um, so uh, that, that's coming up. We're just going to be going to Gardner-Webb for a weekend at Century Kid. It's a great experience for the kids. Um, I don't have any more announcements, um, but I'm going to turn it over to Preacher Artie for prayer this morning. Oh, wait a minute. Joy said she had an announcement, and she forgot to give me the money, and I, or I would have remembered it. $20. All right. Well, after Miss Joy's done, Preacher Artie is going to be turned over to Preacher Artie. Okay, this will be fast. It's that time of year. 
again, for nominating committee. And so out on the desk in the foyer is uh, a description of committees and ministries. And then there is a little check-in sheet to check off what you would like to be involved in. Uh, we need lots of workers and lots of volunteers, and we'd like for everybody to fill one of these out. Uh, read it, pray about it, and God calls each of us to do something in his church. So I hope to see your name on one of these. Thank you. I think it's funny when these little short ladies get up here after me and Chad, and they, this thing's wonder it's not it's not broken yet, Nick, because it's got to go up and down. But uh, just some clarification on one of the announcements: next week is our picnic at a creek. It is Sunday night, six o'clock. We will not be providing hamburgers or hot dogs. We will eat what anybody brings. Okay, this is a potluck thing, so whatever gets brought is what we're going to eat. If nothing gets brought, we'll stand down there and have a good time without eating. But we're Baptists, and that's against the bylaws. <laughs> so you have got to bring something to share with everybody. Don't forget your chairs, because some of you are like me. And if you get down there to sit in the dirt, that's where you're going to stay, because you're not going to be getting up. So bring your chairs to sit. Come to have a good time. Uh, parents, if you've got small children, I will warn you, there is not a single thing that you can do to keep them from getting dirty and nasty and wet because they are going to be in that creek. And they're going to throw mud. And they're going to have a great time being kids. And we love that until they get in our cars. So come prepared. These nasty, dirty kids are going to get in your car. Unless you have a truck, then you can throw them in the back and, and drive home in the back, letting them get all that blown off by the way God intended as we grew up, riding in the back of pickup trucks, which is illegal now, I think, isn't it? Isn't that crazy? I, I went from Florida to Virginia in the back of a pickup truck with a dog. My parents would have been arrested. But that's the times we live in. Everything that we used to do, you're not allowed to do anymore. Do what? I used to sit in the back glass of the Impala while Mom and Dad would go back to Spartanburg. And you'd be in the back seat and I'd be up in the window. Like one of the little bobblehead dogs. <laughs> but it is great to see everybody this morning. Happy Father's Day to all of you. I will, I'll promise to do my best to not uh, tell you to do a better job, but I am going to challenge all of us this morning. Um, from God's word. So, uh, but thank you for being here. And now it's time to join us in prayer as we begin our worship time together. Let's pray. Our blessed Heavenly Father, we come before you. Dear Lord, yes, we are here to honor our fathers this morning. But above all, we are here to worship our Savior and to hear from you this morning. So Lord, I ask that you fill this place with your Holy Spirit that you move among your people this morning. And dear Lord, I ask that you speak through me. Speak through the choir. Speak through Chad and the youth as they share of their experiences at camp. Dear Lord, may the gospel be proclaimed today. May the truth be proclaimed today and lives and souls be changed because of it. Have your way with us today. And may everything that we do and say be to your honor and glory. And it is in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our risen Savior, we pray. Amen. For the dads that are here, thank you for being the leader of your home. Thank you for bringing your children to church, uh, whether they're already grown now or they're still young. Thank you for standing up for Jesus. So let's all turn to page 485 as we stand and sing, Stand Up, Stand Up for Jesus. 485. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, we soldiers of the cross. 
and Savior by our gifts, our tithes, and offerings. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we are so thankful that we have the opportunity to give back to you a small portion that you have blessed this, each of us with. I pray now that you will bless this gift and bless the giver. For it is your holy name that we pray. Amen. Would you stand again as we sing 483, Footsteps of Jesus, 483. <coughs> kids to come and sit on the front row but then I also want if you went to camp this week with me Timothy if you're here I have three girls that aren't here today but I have Kira and Timothy and Jimbo and Kayla and Jaden would you guys come up here and Miss Linda and Miss Laura also went with us they could come up here come on Miss Laura um, I want to share uh, my experience this week, but I also, I wanted to give them, I wasn't going to force them into speaking, but I wanted to give them an opportunity to share anything that they may have this week before I do. Would anybody like to, sh I've, I've told them and I've asked them if they wanted to, would anybody like to share something? All right, Kayla would like to share something. Excuse me, microphone privileges. Okay. Um, okay, so with the camp this week, we did missions, we went out to help people. What our group did was um, we went to the Life Enrichment Center and we helped clean up and make the area look nice. And um, we also built a ramp for this nice old lady. She was, she was really happy with it. Um, with these missions, I've learned that there are lots of things in our community that we don't realize are happening. So I, it, it taught me that I should go out and see what Jesus would do in situations. I should ask people if I need to pray about anything for them. Because we don't, we don't usually see this type of struggle 
in our community because we're not looking for it. But if we were aware, then we could help so many more people and bring them to Jesus and bring them to church and help spread the word. That's all I have to say. Thank you. Anybody else like to share anything? <laughs> Timothy, you want to share anything? No? Miss Linda, would you like to say anything? I guess um, I went in to take the place of Laura. I guess <laughs> we switched off, and and I, I think my main thinking was um, when we went to the job site was okay. Where are we going? I was just following along with the other guy who had been there all week, and um, I w I saw that the oh it was at the Life Enrichment Center in Kings Mountain, and. Um, I saw a lady come out and tell us what we needed to do, and then she went back in. So I was like, okay, we have a job to do. We're going to do a great job. <laughs> so we did. It was hard. It was exhausting. It was hot. Um, and everybody, I think, just, we, you know, we just did our best to get the job done. Didn't see much of the people except for when we went in, uh, like, to use the restroom or whatever, but that was really it until the end. Um, where the lady came back out and we talked to her a little bit and but you know I noticed later on that my mind was more on getting the job done <laughs> getting you know just just getting it done doing a good job you know that's what I always try to do you give you know all your effort but I realized later after hearing the stories that there was also a wasted opportunity and um, in, I feel like, you know, we could have prayed for that lady. We could have done something, you know, said something or just something more aware. It was just, I was not thinking at the time. I was just thinking, you know, I was just seeing what I needed to do next because I hadn't been familiar with what everyone had been doing, the, you know, earlier in the week. But I realized later that, um, but I see that the mission is a good mission and it's important. And we as a church, we often get busy. I'm a busy mom. We're all busy. And we all have so many things to do. But even if it's just one day or the rest of the, you know, all the days, um, there's more opportunities that are coming. We have more opportunities to work with this mission. And I think that if we can even give a little bit of our time, but think about the people that we can impact, you know, um, we may be busy, but we can pray for people. We can do a little, you know, anything little for the Lord can, can bring so much positive change. I think I heard a story about one of the ladies that had the ramp built for her, that um, she was a caregiver, and she was, like, not used to people serving her. And so she said, you, you all made me feel like a person. You talked to me like you did something for me and made me feel like a person, that I was important. I guess she spent so much of her energy making others feel important that she never takes the time to make herself feel important. And by allowing them to make that ramp for her, she's like, you know, I hadn't felt important in so long, and y'all took care of me. And um, I think there's more opportunities that we can serve as a church, you know, where we don't think it is a missionary opportunity, but it is a local missionary opportunity that we can take here, and more is coming. So we can all do something, even as busy as we are or can be, we can all, you know, do something and just reframe our thinking to um, show that Christ is alive in our hearts and that we want to, you know, share the gospel to others. So that's all. I want to say that. Uh, Where do you go? Um, what I got to see this week was um, not only the missions project, but I also got to see a little bit of our youth in a different form than what I normally get to see on Wednesdays and Sundays. I got to see them outside of their church home and how they want to react. So I got to see their personalities and how they come out into some things, and it was 
really great to see how God has moved them and has developed their personalities to serve and to be with others. But um, so that was it was really fun to really get to know each and every one of these guys a little more than I already did. So that was it was and they're they're hilarious. If you get a chance, sit down and talk to them, especially Jimbo. <laughs> he's he's a hoot. And um, talk to talk to Kayla about a girl liking her brother. Uh, they're pretty funny. So, but definitely, I enjoyed every second of it. Not just to see how they were in the missions and how they were willing to learn new skills and help others, but just to see how they reacted with other people that they've not met and see their personalities come out. Nobody else. Nobody else. Nobody. Um. So it was an amazing week. Um, it was really weird at first to see uh, Brandon Powell, who was, our, who was the director of it, talking about the mission field. I'm like, the mission field? Like, we're, we're in our hometown. We're in Shelby. How is this? This is not the mission field. Because well, it's Cleveland County. I know 80% of the people in Cleveland County. It's not the mission field. But it, it is the mission field. They worked in areas where... Uh, just not, not good neighborhoods and, and kids were able to go out and go knock on doors and just share the gospel with people and it was amazing to see these kids work. I am missing a couple and um, for the most part everyone had a really good time. I did have a couple tell me it was kind of like a prison they felt like. Um, I'm not going to mention any names but they're not, one of, they're not here with us right? They're not here, they're gone, they're on vacation but um, they, they did, they enjoyed it though, but I, I enjoyed getting to serve, and these guys are excited because I made a connection with Robbie, who's over the mission camp, and we're going to come back and we get to see some of this stuff. I say they're excited, I don't know how excited they really are. Some of them are. We, we're going to go back and we're gonna, we get to see some of this stuff we do come to fruition. Like we worked in the garden one day, and all the stuff they plant in the garden goes to local food banks, so... When people come into food banks, if they get fresh produce, it's like they're getting stuff that's going out of date. This is going to be fresh produce and fresh things that are going to these local food banks. And we're going to get the opportunity to go back and help harvest some of this stuff as uh, the summer comes to an end. And some of this stuff comes and blossoms out. And it's going to be an exciting time. Um, help me see them in a new light. Help me see our county in a new light. And... Uh, it, it was just an exciting time, and I want to thank you guys who made an opportunity to go because from money that was in our, our youth admissions fund, our youth rec, uh, retreats fund, all these guys got to go, and they didn't, we didn't have to pay anything out of our pocket. So I want to thank you guys for that, the guys, everyone in here that gives and supports our youth. Um, and the reason I had the kids come up, because I wanted them, these guys, to see that these, these smaller kids, they don't think about it. They look up to these guys. Do you guys look up to these guys sometimes? Look at what they do. I, listen, they, they act how they see you act. So think about that. When you're walking around the campus of the church, when you're out, when you're doing things, you never know who's watching, seeing you do things. And if you do things that are, wouldn't be pleasing to God, they're going to see it and they're going to be like, I want to be cool like them. Right? And I do have lots of embarrassing stories, so if you want to hear those, just come get with me sometime, and I can tell you some cool stories uh, that involves guys, you know, girl, girls talking to our guys and things like that. Pretty, pretty funny stuff, but uh, I'm not going to keep you hung up much longer. Uh, I just, once again, just thank you for allowing us the opportunity to go this week, and uh, I just want you to give these guys a hand because they did step out of their comfort zone. All right. Thank you. You guys can go have a seat.
Thank you, choir. 
And again, happy Father's Day. I am preaching a sermon specifically for Father's Day. And if you notice the title of the sermon, A Walk They Can Follow. But this is not a do a better job type of sermon. This is an encouragement. I think every father in here or that is listening knows at some point in your life as a father, we've messed up. If you don't think you've messed up, ask your kids. They will tell you you messed up. My kids will tell you, I mess up. It would, they would be a lot easier if they came with instruction manuals. But let's think about this. Moms, when you begin the process of becoming a mother, you spend nine months falling in love with this life that is growing inside of you. Dads, You don't experience that. You're excited about becoming a father and then the birth comes and you are there and now you're having to share your wife's attention with this bundle of slobber and poop and crying. You don't immediately, yes, you love that child. But you don't have that same connection as the mother does. But nevertheless, we have a huge responsibility in the life of our families. So if you would turn to Proverbs chapter 20, we're going to look at one verse. Verse 7. And normally I read out of the NASB, but I really like the way the King James or the New King James says this. So if you would stand as I read this verse, Proverbs chapter 20, verse 7. The righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are blessed after him. Let me read that again. The righteous man walks in his integrity. His children are are blessed after Him. Let's pray. Dear Lord, I ask that You speak through me today. That You bless the fathers that are here and listening. Dear Lord, that You would help make them the men of integrity that You have called us to be. And it is in the holy and precious name of Jesus Christ, our risen Savior, we pray. Amen. Thank you. You may be seated. Well, the first thing that we have to look at is what is righteousness and what integrity? What are those? So, you know, we are in the technology age, so I Googled them. And this is the definitions that popped up. The definition of righteousness. It's a noun. The quality of being morally right or justifiable. So a righteous man is morally right and justifiable. Okay? Then the definition of integrity. It also is a noun, but there's two different definitions. I love the second one. The first one is this. The quality of being honest and having strong moral principles. But check out this second one. Or moral uprightness. But the second one says this. The state of being whole undivided. You think about what that definition says right there. Integrity. Walking in your integrity means that you are not divided. You know what it is right to do and you do it. There is no division in your thinking. In fact, the Bible says in James that a double-minded man is useless. But a man that walks in integrity is not double-minded. He is not divided. He is whole. So what is our responsibility as fathers? Modeling righteousness and integrity. 
That is our responsibility as fathers, especially as Christian fathers. We are called as Christian fathers to a higher standard. See, the first thing is that godliness should first and foremost be modeled in the homes through our daily lives. As a father, we are to model these two things in our home. You know, I think that's part of the problem that a lot of pastors run into. A lot of, and not just pastors, but anybody that works in ministry, they run into is the fact that, that we forget that point. That first and foremost, our responsibility is to the family that God gave us. Our home. You know, ch- pastors' kids always have a bad reputation. You guys realize that? Because they live in a glass house. Everybody holds them to a higher standard. I always tell people the reason pastor's kids are so bad is because they play with the deacon's kids. But I'm going to tell you something. I have told people this time and time again. There was a time that my calling came first. And when I walked in the house and my children didn't even look up from what they were doing to acknowledge I walked into the room. I had become a stranger to them. Trey stopped saying daddy. Because I had become a stranger in my own home because I was too busy going to school and working and thinking I was doing what I should be doing. And I realized something. Because I saw other families that were doing the same thing I did and they were falling apart at the seams because the dad wasn't present. He was taking care of what he thought was the right thing to do, but he was forgetting the family. And I came to the realization that if you look through Scripture, the church was not ordained until Acts. That's when God formed the church. But Genesis chapter 1, what did He ordain then? The family. And then in the definition of a pastor, or, or what is the one thing? It says that He must lead his family well. Church, dads, you may think that by going out and working and providing a good life for your children and your family, you're not doing them any favors by being gone. Our first and foremost responsibility is to model godly behavior in front of them. At home. That means spending time with them. That means teaching them. That means showing them what a man does. Teaching your daughters what they can expect and what they should expect from their future husbands. Teaching your sons how to treat a lady. Teaching them what it means to be a man. A godly man. And teaching them all priorities. See, in everything that we say and do, we should be modeling to our spouse, our children, what it looks like to love God and love others. See, sometimes we do fail because our kids see the worst of us. They don't see that public persona that you put out when you're walking around town or at work. They see the real you. 
And first and foremost, we are to show them what it means to love God. And part of loving God, you can't separate these two, is by loving others. Jesus Himself says, what's the greatest commandment? To love the Lord your God with all everything that you've got. Your, all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. And the second commandment is this. Treat other, or love others as you love yourself. Two commandments. Jesus goes on to say, is those two commandments, all of the law and prophets hang on those two things. And if you look at the commands that Jesus gave or that God gave Moses, it was all about our relationship with God and then our relationships with each other. Those were the Ten Commandments. They weren't suggestions. They weren't strive to do this. They said, no, you do these things. Put God first and then everybody else second. We are to model that. And then modeling a life of holding to the truth. Now this is difficult. Now listen to what I'm saying. Living a life of holding to the truth whether it's comfortable or not. A man of integrity. Not being double-minded. I'm going to tell you. And it's becoming more and more true in today's society. Holding to the truth, the ultimate truth, is getting harder and harder. And we have to model this to our children that we're willing to hold to the truth even if it means it becomes very uncomfortable for us. You know, we live in a council, a cancel culture that if you don't go along with what the popular idea is, is that they will cancel you. And my, where my status is in the, in the social network of things, it wouldn't be that big of a deal because nobody really listens to me or cares what I say on, online anyway. But to some people, it is a big deal. And if they don't go along, you know, they could be famous and everybody could love them, but the minute they speak up and stick to the truth, see, in society today, the truth is considered hateful speech. You guys realize that? Since when is being truthful and holding to the truth hateful or inflammatory? But it is difficult. And we have to be willing to take the heat to model for our children that we're willing to stand on the truth whether we're comfortable or not. That is part of that integrity thing. Not being double-minded. Not saying one thing and living another. But being truthful and holding the truth. And this verse also tells us if we're able to do that, if we're able to model, if we're able to live a life of righteousness and integrity and model that for our children, what's the end result? The end result is a blessed family. See, the greatest gift a parent can give to a child is for that parent to be a righteous, upright person who walks in his integrity. That one, that father, will create a home and atmosphere that will be a blessing to the child. That one will create a home and atmosphere that will be a blessing to the child. Not only the child, but the entire family, which includes your wife, men. You guys have always heard, happy wife, 
happy life. But I want to point out one thing. When Paul is writing and he's telling us the responsibilities of husbands and wives, and he tells us that the husband is to love his wife the way Christ loved the church and gave Himself for her. We are commanded as men that we are to love our wives the same way Christ loved us. To the point where we are willing to die for her. To save her. But I want you to notice one thing. In that same passage, does he tell the wife to love her husband? No. And this is part of the truth that people don't like. Because it's very misinterpreted. And a lot of people, when they hear this, they think it means this, that the husband's got his thumb on the wife. Misinterpretation. But it says, wives, submit yourselves to your husband. Now I want to explain something. If we are a righteous man and we walk in integrity and we model and love our family the way that we're supposed to and we love our wives as Christ loved the church and are willing to die for and she knows it, she is not going to have any issues in loving us back. And she's not going to have any issues in obeying God's Word. And submitting. Because church, we as Christians, we as Christians, man, woman, child, doesn't matter are commanded to submit ourselves to Christ. Why? Because He loved us and died for us. It isn't that Jesus is standing over there stepping on us and saying, do this, do that. That's not he, Him. We do because we love Him. And wives... That's what it's talking about there. It's not talking, and husbands, it is not that you're ruling over your family. One thing I remember, we were talking to, back when Bob Ramsey was still alive, and we were talking to his son. And his son wasn't a Marine. He went in the Army or something, didn't he? And somebody asked him why he didn't go into the Marines like his dad. And he said, because my dad didn't have a family, he had a platoon. Your family is not an army, so to speak. It's not a platoon of Marines. I tell my kids all the time as they were growing up, this is not, our house is not a democracy. It's a benevolent dictatorship. So, I'm getting a thumbs up from up top. It is a benevolent dictatorship. But we have, we have to live a life that is a blessing to our families. And then second, at the end result, is the way we live out our faith within our family will directly influence or impact how our family live out their faith outside of the family in the world. What they see us do will impact what they think and how they do. 
But I must tell you something, men. You are responsible for your children. But there comes a time, according to Scripture, when they will leave their father and mother. At that point, you are not responsible for their actions any longer. They are an adult. They have to take responsibility for their actions themselves. Does that mean that you don't stop caring? Or that you stop caring? No. Does that mean that you stop helping? No. But you cannot treat them like a child. Those relationships change as that child grows. And it is so difficult to have an adult child that you see making mistakes and you know they can avoid the pain that's going to come. And you can't do anything about it. You can tell them, but when they've got their mind set, they won't listen. And you may tell you where they got that stubbornness from. In my case, they got it from me. In your case, they got it from you. We have to live a life of righteousness and integrity so that our family would be blessed. Now look again at this Scripture. Proverbs 27, The righteous man walks in his iniquity. His children are blessed after him. Church, fathers, I pray that you will be man of righteousness men of integrity. That your children will not have to wonder where you stand. That you model a life of integrity. That you show them what it means to love family, to love God, and to love others. What it means to stand on truth. Whether it's comfortable or not. Don't leave them guessing. Right now, this is the invitation that you follow God's will in whatever it is He's calling you to do. Whatever it is, do what God is asking you to do. Don't leave this place with unfinished business. As we sing this song of invitation, this is your time to answer God's calling. Would you stand as we sing hymn 489, Lord I want to be a Christian, 489. I'm going to ask my three ladies that I asked for their help if they would come forward. If you are here and you are a father, raise your hands. We've got a small token for you. It is nothing big, um, but hopefully it'll be it'll remind you of what we are called to be. 
So ladies, if you wouldn't mind going out and all the men that are raising their hands, there's one behind you. You go that way and you go down this aisle right here and just give them that. And Jim, I'm going to ask you and Larry if you could grab offering plates and go to the door and then I'll enjoy if you could come ahead and come on up here as we're doing it. Gentlemen, I hope this is a reminder to you of what our responsibility as fathers will be or is. It's not what it will be, it's what it is. Is that we are to be righteous men that walk in our integrity. Um, before we dismiss, I need to let you know about a need in our church. Mike Jolly, he has had a stroke. He is in rehab in Mount Holly. Diane is there with him. She has not been eating because the, she, or she's been eating potato chips because they don't have the money to pay for gas and for her to eat while she's there and everything else. So we are going to take up a love offering on your way out. If you have anything that you would like to give, if you want to write a check, make it to Diane Jolly. Don't make it to the church, make it to Diane, because Ginger and I are going over this afternoon. Um, Mike is picky in what he eats, and he ate some of the barbecue that they gave him, and he spit it out said it wasn't good. Hospital barbecue must not be good. So, so, uh, <laughs> so I'm going to take him some real barbecue this afternoon and we're going to, get, we're going to take them uh, this and give to them this afternoon. So uh, Larry and, and Jim are at the doors and this is just a show. And they did, I'm going to tell you, they did not want me to do this. But I, what I told them is that we are a church. And as a church family, we are to take care of each other. And when there's a need in our church family, we, first of all, are supposed to help take care of that need. So we're going to do this. Um, like I said, if you, have, if you want to write a check, write it to Diane Jolly. We'll give that to them this afternoon when we're over there so that they're able to take care of what needs to be taken care of. And thank you for being here. Happy Father's Day. And now I'm going to ask Joy if she would dismiss us in prayer. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you first of all for the fathers in the congregation and in the community. <clears throat> thank you for your uh, Bible telling them how to live with righteousness and integrity. Help us all to walk in the walk you would have us walk, God. We just thank you also for all these young people and Chad and the adults who went with him and are learning about missions, God. We just asked you to be with Mike and Diane, especially today, and uh, to bless them and to let Crestview show their love. We just ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Mm -hmm.